but sold. Paid for every heart that I ever stole. I played my cards and I didn't fold. Well, it ain't that hard when you got sold. Somewhere I heard that life is a test. I've been through the worst, but I still get my best. God made my mold different from the rest. Then he broke that mold, so I know I'm blessed. Stand up now and face the sun. Monday, it's time to bring the heat. QP Sports Exchange back on the air. Big Ball Mondays, what up? You know how we have to do it. Mondays, B-Ball, this is all we talk about is basketball. So here is the deal. Houston made a huge trade last week, and it almost went by without a whimper. John Wall goes to Houston. Russell Westbrook goes to The Wizards. I mean, you're looking at two literally all NBA players. I understand that John Wall hasn't played in two years. I get all that. But it just kind of went by and it was kind of like, oh, okay. Like moving lawn furniture, basically. And it puzzled me the whole week. So I listened to a bunch of podcasts to see what the general tone was out there. And really what it came down to is you have guards that basically do a lot of the same thing. One has diminished returns in John Wall um, because of the injuries in the Achilles. And you have Russell Westbrook, who is 32 years of age, kind of set in his ways. And albeit that he has... Averaged the triple-double a couple times in his career. I mean, that's phenomenal. You can't take anything away from that, man. Um, it just seems that it was, it just kind of went by with a little blurb, and I was really puzzled by that. Now, I did listen to the Zach Lowe, the Low Post podcast <clears throat> on ESPN, and Zach had an interesting point. And an interesting take. And his take was that if you put Russell Westbrook with a team like the Wizards, where you have um, Bertans, you have Achimura, Denny Avdia, and Bradley Bill, Thomas Bryant. So you have shooters on that team. You can spread the floor. This is literally tailor-made for Russell Westbrook. And in a sense, to kind of put Russ back where Russ is, right? You know, I want to average 27 points a game. I want the ball in my hand. I want to be able to, I just want to cook, right? That's what Russ wants to do. These are the type of things that are apparent to me and apparent to pretty much everybody in the NBA. But the one thing about that is, is that Bradley Bill is on that team and Russell Westbrook is going to have to understand that it is Bill's team. They would not have traded John Wall if they weren't announcing to Bradley Bill that it was his team and we're going to do everything to build something around you 
and create an environment for you to win and you to be spotlighted and you to be successful. That's what that trade ushered in. As soon as Wall was traded, Bradley Bill became the man there. Now, the problem with that is, is that Russ has never taken a backseat to anybody in this league. He has a chip on his shoulder, is more like a boulder. We all know that. And that's how Russ ticks. So that's also how he plays. He plays that aggressive style. He is attack mode 24-7 when he's on the court. So these are the kind of, if you want to call them danger signs, going into training camp with the Wizards. Now, if we look at it from Houston's side, we have a situation where John Wall, who I tried to get a bunch of people to see if I could get like what he looks like right now. Um, I wanted like firsthand information. The closest I got was somebody I was that I'm that I know is real tied into the DC area, and from what I was told, he had been working out uh, extensively. Um, as far as his weight is concerned, they said they looks like where he was when he was like 25. Um, they also, you know, they said that the quickness seemed to be there. Um, obviously, it's different when you're not playing full speed. Um, it's pickup basketball, but, you know, it seemed like the old John Wall. Now, did the old John Wall learn some new tricks? Because he needs to be able to shoot the basketball. That was the knock on John Wall when he left, and that's the knock on John Wall now. So my hope is that he did work on his outside shot. Now, one of the reasons, other reasons why this trade wasn't so like magnanimous and everybody wasn't talking about it really is that it might have just been because of the two individuals that were involved. And when I say that is that the one thing that Coach T and I have talked about time and time again is being able to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, you know, on Russ's side, you got to look at it this way. I've been on three teams in three years. So there must be something with me. Not saying that he's not talented. Not saying that he's lost lost a step. None of that. But is your game conducive to winning? Are you, is less of you better to accentuate the parts that you have? Do you have to go full Brody mode and shoot 35 times a game? Is that the key to your your team's success? I believe a successful Russell Westbrook is probably anywhere between 18 to 20 shots a game. A lot of those are dried to the baskets. Very efficient. Get his teammates involved. The Russell Westbrook who takes like 32, 35 shots a game. Unfortunately, don't sign me up for that. I don't think it's going to be entertaining. It will be a spectacle at times. 
it will be a situation of there'll be things that he will just, it'll be awe striking what he does. And it'll be maddening sometimes as well. And you're just not looking for that with a 32-year-old point guard. Case in point, Chris Paul in Phoenix. Nothing, nothing that you hear about him questions his work ethic. And we're not questioning Russell's work ethic either. But he has a an air of leadership around him, Chris Paul. When you get Chris Paul, there's a lot of plug and play with him. He definitely distributes the ball. He definitely makes the extra pass. He has outside shooting. He has a float game. So his game is more complete, but also it's very inviting to play with other players other stars that's the problem with Russell is that does other stars like playing with him the PG-13 thing did not work that experiment did not work the Harden Westbrook deal didn't work and they wanted to both cut ties and go their separate ways and now he's in Washington so now it's time for Russell to look in the mirror and say amen I want to do some pretty cool things in the next three to four years while I still got it. And how can I do that? And I think really more efficient Russ, less shot taking. And here's the thing. I'm not saying if for one night he's just super hot. Yeah, let him cook. Do his thing. I'm just saying normally in over a 72 game period, you want Russ to just take about 18 shots a game. Shoot over 50% because you're getting, um, you know, you're going to the hole. Get free throws. Occasionally shoot the three. You know that's not your strong suit anyway. But that's what Russ should be doing. And then when it comes to Wall, it's, it's do you have the hunger to be great. Because Wall in the playoffs is amazing. When he gets the Wizards to the playoffs, it was absolutely must-see TV. So, he's so talented. And if he can just generate a consistent enough jump shot, he'll be able to go to the rim whenever he wants. Even if he's a little bit diminished from the Achilles, I don't think you come back. And especially as ultra-athletic and ultra-quick as John Wall was. I don't think you fully come back from that in his with his athleticism. I'm not saying a 90% of John Wall is you know, not as fast as anybody in the NBA. Because it is. If he is that, if he's that and he has demonstrated that he worked on his jump shot, Houston might have gotten a steal in this draft. I mean, uh, in this in this trade. So Houston might have got a steal in this trade. My hope is that both these guys looked themselves in the mirror and said, okay, what we got to do? 
what we got to do to be great, what we got to do to be great teammates, and then factor it in from there. Because here's the thing, great players figure it out. I think they have the capability of doing that. I just, sometimes I wonder if the will is there to do that. So that's where we are with that trade. I was just very concerned that two max guys got traded for one another. And it was kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, well, no big deal. Nothing to see here. And, you know, it's like if you did this and you kind of formulated it to football, right? This would probably be the equivalent of maybe um, maybe like Jared Goff getting traded for um, Stafford, somebody like that. Not Aaron Rodgers, that's top of the, the heat, but maybe somebody like um, Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford from um, Detroit. So, I mean, that's a significant trade, right? If, you know, if we went tomorrow, obviously, you know, trade deadline has passed, but we went into the offseason and they announced the trade of the Detroit Lions trading, you know, Matthew Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff. It would make news. And like I said, this trade was kind of like, oh, seeing what lukewarm results at best. And I was really, it took me a while to kind of figure it all out. And like I said, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, but that is the result that we came up with. And if you have a different opinion, you can hit us up on at Twitter, at QP Sports. On Instagram, it is at question, is at, at QP Sports Exchange. Let me get that out again. So at on Instagram, it's at QP Sports Exchange. I'll give you my um, personal Instagram. It's question point underscore pod underscore events. And that's our Instagram. So hit us up. Let us know what you think of this trade. Did it move the needle for you? Do you think that Washington is significantly better? Do you think Houston is significantly better? We need your input. The other thing that to talk about is now that camps are really opening up, James Harden hasn't reported to Houston. And also, Giannis has not signed his Supermax. So, let's kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. James Harden, it is no secret that he is unhappy in Houston. He did not like, even though the trade for Westbrook was his idea with the owner, and that's never a good thing. When your owner and your superstar player are making the decision, never good. Now, talent evaluator and superstar, great. There you go. LeBron James and Rob Kalinka. That's good synergy. When your owner is making decisions with your superstar player and you're getting cut out, that's why Daryl Morey is in Philadelphia and he's running the Sixers. And we'll see what happens to Harden. 
So he helped facilitate that Westwick trade last year. That didn't go well. It wasn't a good fit. They paired up, and it it can get you to the playoffs. It just can't get you to where you want to go, which is a championship. So what they do, they kind of pivoted in January and February before the trade deadline. They went super micro ball, right? Remember, that was the lineup where nobody was taller than 6'7". That didn't work, obviously, because the Lakers stomped them. Because they had Giants, and it was all bad for the Rockets. So now Harden, there was a report that Harden wanted to go to Brooklyn, play with KD. Um, now people are backing off of that. I still think that's kind of where he wants to go. I still think Houston should trade him to whomever they can get the best deal. I don't say don't do not trade him to a playoff contender. Because, I mean, he's not going to go unless it's a playoff contender. But the Clippers, uh, that's a team that I would look at. I don't think Boston will want any piece of him just the way his game is. Um, I don't think that's their style. Um, Philadelphia is an intriguing option uh, just because of the Daryl Morey angle. And then how would that work? Okay. I listened to Bill Simmons this week. And I like listening to Bill because he's kind of a regular guy, but also super smart when it comes to basketball. So what he was saying is, is that if you're, if you're Philadelphia, right, you do everything in your power to hang on to Ben Simmons until there's there's no way you can't. Okay, um, he proposed to take a trade for Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up. You know, like no, we're not giving you draft picks we're not giving you other piece, young pieces we're giving you a 24 year old Ben Simmons I mean honestly to tell you the truth I don't think Houston can do much better than that because if you think about it <clears throat> as much as I respect Karis Levert's game in Brooklyn and I really wish that uh, Spencer Dunwoody would have been at a reasonable price so the Lakers could have picked him up I mean, if that's what you're getting back in return for James Harden and your Houston, that is the equivalent of what the Lakers got back in the Shaquille O'Neal trade. Okay? It's not enough. What you want is one legit super young superstar. Love Karis LeVert. Love Spencer Dinwiddie. Love the other pieces they would have to give up, like Jared Allen and other pieces they would have to give up to get them. But it's still like a bag of stuff for James Harden. And you could do that deal. You could probably sell it to your fan base that, hey, we got a bunch of stuff for James Harden. The one thing about James Harden whether he's disgruntled, whether he has Russ, whether he has John Wall, whether he has P.J. Tucker, 
whether he has Trevor Ariza, it doesn't matter. If you have James Harden, you're almost, it's an automatic playoff bird. Okay, not saying that Brooklyn wouldn't have a problem getting into the playoffs or Philadelphia without James Harden. I'm just saying that if you put James Harden on pretty much any team, except for maybe like two or three, that team, wherever they were, they were they're definitely making the playoffs. If they weren't making the playoffs, they're making the playoffs. If they were like a seven seed, they're probably like a four seed. If they're a four seed, they're probably like a two or one seed. And if you were one of the two of the better teams in basketball, that probably puts you in championship um, contention and favorite to win. And that's what James Harden does. He's a difference maker. He's 35 points a game. He's box office. I mean, I don't like the style of play. I can't stand it personally. I like to see the ball move and all that. But, I mean, dude is nasty. Let's not get it twisted. He's super sick with the basketball, and he will make you look stupid in one-on-one situations. I mean, we're all agreed with that. James Harden is nasty. So you're Houston, and you have a dilemma. You have literally a top-five player that is disgruntled, that you don't know if there is something in your arsenal that can make your team significantly better so the only piece that you have to really either a hit the reset button or b get pieces back that you can say okay i'm gonna build around that is james harden so you gotta look around and see who are the real contenders because james is gonna want to go to a place where he can win So, we named Brooklyn, we named Philadelphia, we think the Clippers would be involved in something like that. The Lakers don't have the assets to do it. Golden State said, nah, I'm cool, I don't want any parts of it. Milwaukee doesn't have anything to give up to get James Harden, because that would mean Giannis. So you can't give up Giannis, right? So now you look at like the second tier. You look at like the Denver's of the world. Would they pull it? Would they pull? Would they pull a trade like that off? So let me show you what it would look like if you had to do Denver. Yo, Michael Porter Jr. Mile high basketball. Mile high basketball. I'm talking to y'all. Michael Porter Jr. would have to go on that trade. Okay. Along with, you would have to decide, but pretty much everybody else. So Gary Harris, name them. Name everybody that you got. Uh, Jermichael Green probably would have to go on that trade. Uh, Bull Bull would have to go on that trade and picks. Four, Harden. Now you get Harden for two years. So it's Jokic, Harden, and Jamal Murray. Nice three. Is it better than the Lakers? It could be. That's a nice squad. Should Denver roll the dice on that? I think they should. Because it's because they're not the destination where, oh, I'm a superstar. I want to go to Denver. You know? So, 
if that's not going to be their guy that they're going to get, you got to get him in trade. Now, philosophy-wise, you have to decide if this is a good fit for your organization. Is this going to limit what Jamal Murray is going to be? Is this going to limit what uh, Nikola Jokic is going to be? You really have to decide that. Now, it you might decide that, hey, no, I like the kids. I think the development, I think, you know, if you are sold on Michael Porter Jr. being what he was, which was really, when he came out of high school, the number one overall prospect going into college, then stay with him. Build him. He's going to be cheap for a while. I mean, you got to do that. But if you really believe that Harden puts you over the top, you got to swing for the fences, Nuggets. Mile high basketball, what do you think? Harden, Michael Porter Jr., you got to make the money fit. Gary Harris got to go. They're probably won't. They're gonna. They're gonna want everything else. If you're not giving up Murray or Jokic, they're gonna want everything else. So, and picks. So Denver basketball. Where do you, where do you see your team? What do you think? Do you think your team is good enough as is to take the Lakers on? To take all these other up and coming teams, Dallas. You know, all these good teams. Clippers still there. Clippers are still there. Steph Curry says he's going to have something to say about it. So, Denver, are you good where you are? Hit me up. At QP Sports on Twitter. At QP Sports Exchange on Instagram. And if you want to hit me on my personal Instagram, hit me up at question point underscore pod underscore events. And we'll get after it. We'll talk about it. Also, um, I'm proud to announce on this podcast, QP Sports Exchange, something that we've been working on for a little while, and I can finally announce it. As people know, we have been trying to build this podcast, trying to build it up to a point where, you know, we become legitimate. And as of today, we have a website a website yes yes it's excellent I love it we're gonna put up a lot of stuff I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the website name in a second and we'll go from there um, my dream is that to be sort of like the ringer sort of like um, Smarco and Kevin Smith um, I have another podcast that I do. I just don't do sports. Um, the, the podcast that I do is with my wife, Belinda. It's called Question Point Pod. Uh, please get it. It's awesome. Uh, she's great. Uh, she is definitely my better half. And we just get into a lot of different types of things. It's pretty conversational. And uh, I really enjoy doing it. And we have a literal website for the both of them 
and it's question point pod network.com so let me give that to you again question point pod pod network.com you can get the pod this one that you are listening to right now you can get it on the website and when you're on the website you can go to the blog post that I just put up about college football, but this is B-Ball Monday, so understand there will be basketball up there. We'll have poll questions. Um, there's a bottom line. Oh, I love it. I can't tell you how much I love that I have a bottom line. ESPN, I'm coming after you. I'm just telling you. We have a bottom line. It's called the QP. It's QP bottom line. That's what we can call it. But it's been in the works for about three weeks now. I've been wanting to announce it, but it had to be right, right? And we give all the glory to God. Thank you, God, for everything that you do for us. We're so blessed. Um, so that is that. So that's the announcement that I've been waiting for. I hope you guys go to it. So it's questionpointpodnetwork.com. And my wife will be blogging about all kinds of things, probably like special interest stories, uh, climate, uh, funny things, rabbits chasing bears. We have no idea. I have no idea what's going to be on it. When it comes to the QP sports, you know what's going to be on it. It's going to be football. It's going to be basketball. It's going to be stuff that the people want. I'm always going to give you what you want. So there goes that. Ready? You think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Talk about a little college basketball right now. Um, little things that I saw over the weekend that weren't cool and some that were we were sitting there going hmm first and foremost i'm gonna tell you right now gonzaga is nasty they just look better than a lot of folks and they have a freshman guard by the name of Jalen suggs and he's like a six foot five point guard real fluid movement Seems to know and anticipate people cutting to the basket. It's just beautiful to watch. He really plays basketball at a higher level than what an 18, 18 year old kid should. So I really enjoyed what I saw out of Jalen Suggs, out of Gonzaga, the freshman. I'm sure that kid is one and done. Mark Few, welcome. To what the rest of the rest of us have to deal with. You are now a big time college program. Getting one and done's. It's like the Duke of the West. Except with titles. Mark, you got to get a title before we can crown them Duke of the West. The other thing is, is that 
Of course, you know on this program we are going to talk about UCLA. Absolutely, they won their last two. They won against Seattle, which was obviously something they should have done. And then they beat up on Cal. Now, it was a use of subjects. It was Chris Smith, 21 points, four rebounds. He shot the three great, three out of four. Um, everybody played pretty good in this game. Uh, the Jalen Hill came back, which is always a big lift for the Bruins. You got to have that other 6'10 guy. He played pretty well, shot 4-6 from the floor, and also got 7 rebounds in only 21 minutes. That's an awesome stat line. Love that. But it looks like McCrony has turned the ship around. It looks like the team that was playing at the end of the year last year is starting to take form. Thought they would. I think they'll be dangerous this year. So, I'm looking forward to more UCLA basketball when it comes to that. I don't know where Chris Smith is going to end up. I can't wait till we start getting into maybe the first of the year and we start to see the um, the mock drafts for 2021 come out and see exactly where he is. I think the talent evaluators will have to see him a little bit more before they can go ahead and say, oh, yeah, he's an early second-round draft pick. I think with his size and his versatility, he could do wonders in the NBA. He might not be like the guy guy, but I think he could be a good rotational piece personally. Um, the other thing that we should hit is Monte Morris of the Nuggets just got an extension. Three years, 27 mil. Proud of that dude right there. Came up rough in the sense of Went through the G League situation, averaged like 18 points in the G League, showed it out a little bit, and then went to the Nuggets and contributed in a mighty way, nine points off the bench. So I'm glad to see that dude get his bag. That's See, that's called perseverance. It's called getting after it. I'm like, nah, man, you ain't going to tell me I can't play in the NBA. No, no, no. Definitely I can't. I'm going to put in this work. I'm going to do what I need to do. Scratch, claw, bite, sweat, work super hard, get there, and then become a rotation of rotational piece. And then you become a rotational piece. Yo, kudos to that young man doing his thing. My hog basketball, we got a lot of stuff in here for you this week. San Diego State is 4-0 now. They beat the Bruins earlier in the year um, quite handily, and they're just playing super well. Even with the losses of Malachi Flynn, uh, they have just pretty much stepped up from the guys that they had there. I mean, it's been tremendous to watch. They really have a good program, and it looks like they're going to be something to deal with. The other team that was really surprising to me um, in the last couple weeks was, did anybody check out that San Francisco win? The University of San Francisco crept up and beat one of the Giants. It was crazy. I was like, whoa, that is nuts. 
And then it's like, right now we just want to get into the, the league, right? So, obviously, if you're an ACC fan, you want to get into the league, start seeing Duke, North Carolina, all that sort of thing. If you're in the Big East, it's Villanova and just everybody out there. They got they got a rough, they got a rough league. So we're looking forward to seeing what the key matches come up. Like I said, UCLA just played Cal, so conference play is starting. You're gonna still see some out of conference matchups. Those are gonna be critical because you don't have a lot of them this year, right? You are going to have to maximize your non-conference schedule. So if you're playing a big team, whatever the case may be, you cannot come out flat because that's going to be obviously on TV, spotlight going to be on you, and this is a way to make sure that your RPI and your strength of schedule is legit and you have no questions when it comes to the tournament. That's the only thing that you got to worry about. So the teams that are playing these rough uh, schedules, kudos to you. You know Duke does it every year. They put in a couple cupcakes, but they play everybody as well. Uh, Michigan State plays everyone, and that's why they're always battle-tested when it comes to the tournament. So keep a lookout on that, and what we will do is we will get with you next week. Again, Big Ball Monday coming to you every week. We have Football Friday. Um so I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, stay blessed. Be kind to one another. Take some time out for your neighbor. And just thank God or whomever you believe in. Just be appreciative of what you have. And I am out. Played my cards and I didn't fall. Well, it ain't that hard when you got soul. Somewhere I heard that life is a test. I've been through the worst, but I still get my best. God made my mold different from the rest. Then he broke that mold.